WebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome to the Immigration Hour in America's Web Radio. It's a beautiful Tuesday morning here in the South. David, don't you think? I just, I'm excited. Absolutely gorgeous. I'm even more excited that you told me that there is no rain this week. <laughs> well, you know, I, I you'd think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a bit older than you. and, and Just, just it's like oh, a mere minutes. Oh, minutes. Uh, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> um, you'd think after all these years and with all the scientific things that they can do, and maybe it's just Atlanta, but you'd think that they could get a forecast close. <laughs> the only thing that they get right with the with the weather forecasts here is what's happening at this moment. Yeah, they're pretty they good at that. It, good. It's almost 100% yeah, at that yeah. point. But in Metro Atlanta, you never know. It could be raining somewhere else and not be raining here. You know, uh, it's, uh, they had predicted rain all week. Now and then they've changed that. They rained this morning, and then you were telling me on th- on Wednesday it's not yeah. going to rain, which I'm very excited about because my garden, as I'm sure yours is, as in most people in Metro Atlanta, is a lake. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't have a. Ra- I have some friends that have raised beds, and they're moving. They're going forward with their raised beds, but uh, those cost money to, to to build raised beds yeah. and effort. And I just don't. I like just going in the ground. <laughs> Dirt. Dirt. I like just the dirt in the ground. Yeah. Um, but uh, hopefully if we get a week without any rain, so it, it rained on Sunday and by Saturday it hadn't rained yet, then I could probably get my radishes in. I'll even go for rain on on a Monday and Tuesday yeah. if I can get my Saturday and Sunday. That's all I'm asking. That's all I'm yeah. asking God to do. Just give me a yeah. break here. Just give me a break. Uh, but it's going to be a beautiful week starting to get in the 70s, although on Saturday, of course, yeah. during my tea time, it's going to be 29 degrees, so we won't be going off early. Um, David, I don't know if you heard or not. Uh, maybe you, you know, you're kind of here in your little hovel listening to radio shows, but I don't know if you heard that Ted Cruz, your senator from the great state of Texas, has, has declared for the presidency of the United States. Uh, and he did so at a mandatory assembly of Liberty University students. Uh, who apparently, you know, David, there's this thing called Twitter. You may have heard of the Twitter. It's oh, like I've the Facebook. Heard. Well, there's another thing like the Twitter, but it's completely anonymous. So you can get on there and say whatever you want, and stuff comes up. And apparently, purportedly, a whole bunch of Liberty University students were on there saying, why am I at this place? I don't support this crazy man. But here's my favorite immigration-related moment from Ted Cruz declaring for the presidency, David. You have the Internet there, I assume, right? You can see the Internet. Um, and uh, I would love, if you get a chance... To go to www.tedcruz.com, I think you'd really appreciate what that is. But you know, David, I'm gonna. I know you've got your board up there, and it's kind of hard for you to do that. So, uh, all our listeners, if you would just take just a brief moment, just just a brief moment, uh, and go to um, tedcruz.com, I think you'll really uh, enjoy um, uh, what comes up uh, at tedcruz.com. Um, <laughs> Apparently, he's so un- uninterested in his presidential run, he couldn't reserve TedCruz.com. His website TedCruz.org, because that's who he is, I guess. Yeah. He's an org. Uh, but if you go to TedCruz.com, you would see a one page says, Support President Obama, Immigration Reform Now. <laughs> you know, I, I think there's oh. something that will be coming up to haunt him, personally. And, you know, I've, I've been very... Uh, uh, explicit on this, and, and I have my feelings, and I, it goes back to the goose and the gander mm-hmm. uh, type thing. And um, he's not qualified to be president. Oh, we we talked about this he in one of our previous a, shows. He's uh, not a natural born citizen. Well, you know, there is there's obviously been articles about. You may have seen some of the articles that have come out about Ted Cruz being uh, a Canadian. Canadian. 
a Canadian-born uh, Cuban mm-hmm. is really what he is. Yeah. Um, but because his mother happened to be a citizen, under our laws of derivative citizenship, he is a United States citizen. All right, so because his mother met the statutory requirements of when she lived in the United States, and, and she was born at the he was born at the right age of his mother in the right years, he is a United States citizen, okay. but not a natural born. Well, and that really goes back to the whole question we talked about previously. What is a natural-born citizen? What were the people uh, who uh, wrote our Constitution thinking about when the words were used? Now, there's a two train of thoughts. We've had both trains of thoughts on our show here yeah. uh, several years ago. Uh, we've had both those who believe that if you are not physically born in the United States to U.S. citizen parents... Uh, that you're not a natural-born citizen. And we have the, the, the camp that says, well, as long as uh, you meet the statutory requirements as defined by Congress of what a citizen is, and that is natural-born. So, I mean, there are those who take the position that Ted Cruz is, in fact, a natural-born citizen because his mother met the statutory requirements, and thus he met the statutory requirements, and thus he's natural-born. Um, uh, this will come back to haunt somebody like Ted Cruz, uh, who is from the party that made this the cause celeb for Obama, in which there was actual proof he was born in the United States. And uh, we know that Ted Cruz was a, US, was a Canadian citizen up until about a year and a half ago. You know that, right? I mean, he, he didn't even renounce his citizenship in Canada until about a year and a half ago. I wonder if he has a Cuban passport. <laughs> I'm just curious. I, well, no, his father now, you know, his father became a citizen. Right, but he's still a Cuban. Cuban, unless he's... Re- Cuba, never, I don't think you let you renounce your citizenship. I mean, they, they've got their clause in you forever. And I disagree with you about Obama showing his... Uh, well, I know you do, Obama. but, I mean, uh, I, I'm going with the announcement in the Honolulu Register. I know you're you're all for the big uh, international um, Billy Burton uh, no, conspiracy no, no, out no, there. I but just, uh, uh, it's not conspiracy theory. It's... Uh, you, res- I respect you and, and your practice of, of law, and, and uh, I would, I've been in the advertising business a long time with a lot of different artists and and done a lot of work and uh, with the uh, with different art programs, and and it to me has been proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that uh, both his, uh, in fact, I called Tom Price and I said, you know, his certificate of live birth, which he showed first from Hawaii. I said, you know, I can. My artist can do a better job than that. We, we you know, th- this is bad. It's well, this is not really plus, the immigration hour. <laughs> plus, they didn't have laser printers back in 1961 when he was born. No, so certainly anyway. they didn't. They, had, they 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 barely had printers at all. Yeah, um, uh, they used typewriters back then. So anyway. uh, but I just think this is fascinating that Ted Cruz cared so little. He's not a serious candidate. I mean, he's really not a serious candidate. If you attack Obama for having too little experience. What experience did Ted Cruz have? He's been a senator for four years. He's a junior senator from Texas. He worked on George Bush's campaign. Has he ever run a business? I mean, from a Republican point of view, what Republican would want a guy who has not been a governor, has not run anything, has not owned a business? Not even a law firm. He hasn't even owned a law firm. No, I... You know. I mean, he hasn't hired people. He hasn't fired people on a regular basis. Uh, you know, I, I have a good friend of mine uh, is a friend of Ted Cruz's. And it says Ted Cruz is a really great guy. He's very smart. I don't doubt the fact that Ted Cruz is very smart. Uh, but he has become a caricature of himself. If I were to ask you who Ted Cruz looks like, what would you say? A man of your stature and, and age. <laughs> who does he look like to you? I, I never really thought about it. 
Joe McCarthy. Pull up a picture of Joe McCarthy, and he looks stunningly like Joe McCarthy. Um, And so whenever I look at Ted Cruz, I go, gosh, it looks like Joe McCarthy. I always have these feelings, you know, what McCarthy did, the demagoguery. He came up, and Cruz does the same thing. It's all about demagoguery. He believes that if you talk louder and insult people enough that you will simply believe what he says. Uh, And the reality is he has zero chance of winning the nomination, but what he will do is he will steer the conversation in areas that will ensure that a Republican loses again. I mean, that's... I certainly just, hope not. Well, it's going to happen, David. I mean, you and I talk about the demographics. Uh, I give now these talks on immigration, resolving around Obama and the things he's done, and uh, almost every time I talk about, you know, I ask this question, David, who among you, because people are very concerned about applying for the Deferred Action Program. Well, Obama's only going to be president until 2017, I said, we think. It's, you know, we don't know, but we think. I'm pretty confident he'll step down uh, because he's got money to make. Uh, and uh, my question to the people in the audience, these are, these are people, just humble people. Who will be the next president? Anybody know who the next president will be? I don't know who the next president is going to be. Okay. okay, let me ask a more general question. What party will win the next federal presidential election? All of them raise their hands. This is Latino organization, Latino groups. Do you know what they say? Democrats. 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 And I said, my next question is, why do you think the Democrats will win the next election? Because Republicans hate Latinos. And Latinos are the controlling vote. And, you know, there was this great, uh, there was a Republican pollster came out just last week, and he said, look, if you think, first of all, in order to win without getting more than 27% of the Latino vote, this next election, you're going to have to get 60, I think it's 68% of the white vote. I mean, that's, first of all, you got to get that many people to vote. Then you got to get 68% of that number. Um, and the, the really, nobody has ever done that. It's more than Reagan got back in 1980. Uh, and uh, in today's world, it's likely an impossibility to get that much white vote. And yet, who is Ted Cruz? I mean, who who is his message to? I mean, is he giving a message to Asians, to African Americans? I mean, at least I'll give it to Rand Paul. At least he's trying to reach out, okay, uh, across the the white aisle. But but uh, when essentially all your leadership in the House is in, in the Senate is is basically all white, uh, when you don't do things that reach out and, and, and encompass people. Into an uh, into a policy or discussion for which they can participate and benefit from, you know, you're just going to say, I don't want Latino votes, I don't want black votes, I don't want Asian votes, and if you don't have 35 percent of those votes, you don't even even close to a majority. You can't win a presidential election. You can win a state election, you can win a local election, but you cannot win a national election. I mean, it's, it's become that simple. The demographics are quite plain. And even here in Georgia, uh, the GOP is very concerned 2020 forward. 2020 forward, you're going to see the demographics in that state legislature change dramatically. And it's going to go back to being Democratic-controlled. Um, so unless Republicans wise up. Now, fortunately, David, this last um, uh, legislative session, we of course had, had a couple anti-immigration bills. One of them was taking driver's licenses away from people, which is just stupid, um, which died. I mean, it died. And why did it die? Because leadership is beginning to understand 
Okay, yes, we could piss off Latinos three or four years ago, six years ago. Now we can't. Now we have to begin being more intelligent about how we discuss these things in our state legislature. So I think the days of, of anti-immigration demagoguery in the Georgia legislature are over. Uh, and we're going to hopefully nationally they will begin to see this. Um, now, the, there is another candidate running for the GOP nomination who has not announced yet, who could, could, maybe bring some Latinos and, and, and Asians and Africans back to the party. Now, David, who, who am I speaking of? Well, Jeb Bush. Jeb Bush. Okay. There's just one major problem with Jeb Bush. His last name. His last name. If his name was Jeb Smith, he'd probably walk away with the nomination tomorrow. I mean, he's got the creds. He was... Now, people in Florida, some people in Florida say, oh, he's a terrible governor, horrible governor. Sick of what you will. I think he's a pretty effective governor. Um, and uh, at the same time, he's he's a conservative guy. I mean, he, he's no liberal by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and he's, he's really good on immigration issues, although he's been flip-flopping a little bit on some of that stuff. But because his last name is Bush, I think he's going to have a really hard time getting through the primaries. Although he's going to have the most money. Oh, yeah. No question. By, he already does. A, by a lot. Yeah. By a lot. I think uh, Ted Cruz sure. is going to... I'm not sure money's going to buy it. This I, and I was going to say, David, my next thing, I'm not sure money is really the be-all, end-all this next election. You're going to have, I mean, how many candidates are you going to have? Ron Paul. Rand Paul. Maybe Ron's running again. You're going to have Bush. You're going to have Cruz. Uh, you're going to have, uh, what's, I was going to say Hunsucker. What's his name? Huckabee. 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 Uh, maybe Sarah Palin comes back, although I highly I'm doubt sure. that. Uh, you're going to have Meg Whitman going to be running. Yeah. Former chairman, of, uh, uh, so you have a woman in the race. Uh, let's come back and talk more about this on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Si usted tiene problemas con inmigración o asuntos que tiene que arreglar, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Tenemos más de 50 años de experiencia haciendo las leyes de inmigración y defendiendo a los inmigrantes. Llámenos hoy a las 404-816-8611. A las 404-816-8611 o al www.immigration.net Have you tuned in to the Master Gardener Hour lately? We have a brand new look. Come and join me, the new host, Kate Copsey, every Saturday at 11am on America's Web Radio. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. This is America's WebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back to America's Web Radio. This is the Immigration Hour. David, it's really good to be here today. I mean, it really is good to be here today. We were talking a few moments ago about who's going to be running in the GOP primary. We've got Bush. We've got Bush Jeb's going to be running. George isn't coming back. By the way, George looks particularly fit these days. He looks pretty happy. Can you, you know, imagine? I, I, gotta, I want to interject because this is the immigration hour. And, and no matter how you feel about Bush, at least he's taken a stance and no ifs, ands, and buts about it. Yeah. Um, Cruz yesterday in his Liberty speech, you know, we're going to seal the borders and uh, yada, 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 blah, 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 uh, blah, blah, blah. But really not, you know, 
I'm not a big Bush supporter, a Jeb Bush supporter. Mm-hmm. But I did appreciate, um, what was it, the Iowa thing? Yeah, the Iowa caucus thing where he was yeah. on the stage. Oh, no, the, the PAC, the, the, the PAC, thing in D.C. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I watched his speech or uh, his discussion. It was good with Hannity. Yeah, and, um, you know, I believe in, in what he says. Yeah. I, if you put it to me today to vote for him, I'm not sure I could. Because mm-hmm. there's other issues involved. It's not just immigration, obviously, yeah, for you. But, um, but, you know, at least he's talking about yeah. it. At least he's talking about it. Although I noticed he has gotten a little old-looking recently. and looked a little haggard. Uh, probably we need to lose a little weight here as he goes forward. But he um, he's there. you got uh, Cruz, who's a joke. Rand Paul, who has zero chance as well. Rand Paul will win the Iowa caucus because he's a libertarian. And the Iowa's, Iowa's caucus is run by libertarians. But he will get creamed in New Hampshire. Bush will win New Hampshire. It's, that's Bush territory, man. Bush is going to win New Hampshire. South Carolina, probably up for grabs. That Huckabee may come out in South Carolina. Huckabee's a big Southern guy. Now, I don't want I don't want Huckabee as president of the States, although he's not bad on immigration either, although he's been a little vague about it, but he's not bad on immigration either. Meg Whitman? Meg Whitman's not, uh, uh, not speaking of Meg Ryan, who I would vote for president back in the day, not now, too much plastic surgery. Um, Meg Whitman. Um, and uh, who else are you going to have out there? Who else is running that you've heard, David? I mean, there's got to be... You may have the, the fat man from... Uh New Jersey. Oh, Christie, I he's going to run, but he's he's a political has been at this point. He can't get out of the the, the tar pit that is Jersey politics. Donald you don't want to get maybe. near who? Donald Trump maybe. Oh, Trump's a joke. He's he is no more running the president than you and I are. What he's you know what he's running for? A bigger contract on Celebrity Apprentice. <laughs> now, he he is not and would you really vote for that clown for president of the United States? Let's see. Who else are you asking? Giuliani's not going to run. No, no, no. No, Giuliani's not going to run. Uh, McCain is certainly not running. Gingrich is not going to run. They're not going to be oh, back oh, there. Oh, Scott Walker. Oh, Scott Walker, of course, is going to run. Bobby Jindal, maybe, although the, the, the tar pit of Louisiana politics is not much different than the tar pit of New Jersey politics. Uh, Walker strikes me as a flip-flopper. He's already flipped on immigration. I mean, bam. He's all oh, he changed my mind. You made your mind because you're running for national office and you want to win a primary. Is that why you changed your mind? You don't have to. If he just stayed with his position, I could have voted for Walker. Although I'm not a big fan of guys who didn't finish college. I mean, I'm really. I mean, I hate. I don't mean to be. I'm not snobby. I'm the first person in my family to finish college. Okay, but this is 2015. This isn't 1837. I mean, or 1865. Finish college, damn it! I mean, he was left as a senior. All he had to do was take a few more classes. Why didn't you do it? Done that. Yeah, I mean, take some more classes and finish it up. I mean, say something. That's something about who you are. And I heard actually, I heard he's actually doing that. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, he he hasn't had the greatest policies in, in Wisconsin. He hasn't been a job creation machine. Um, he hasn't done bad though. No, but he hadn't done as good as he should have done in a state where there is a highly educated population, manufacturing, and a lot of good that could be happening. Uh, he's engendered a lot of dissatisfaction in the state. But he could win. I could see him walking away. But he would get trounced in a national election, David. He would. He would get trounced in a national election. Um, so, yeah, but I, you know, let's. Susana Martinez, perhaps from New Mexico. No, you don't think so? She's not going to run. She's not going to run. Uh, not vice president, maybe. I, I would say more a cabinet position. Yeah. Assuming that 
Because her term is up. I mean, her, her eight years yeah. will be over here. I, I and maybe but she I, won't I dump her hat in. I don't dislike her. No, she's not bad. No. She's not bad. Marco Rubio. We forgot Marco Rubio. Rubio. Yeah, yeah. You uh, know, if, if another guy who hasn't run anything. Oh, he was Speaker of the House or Majority Leader of the Senate, whatever, in Florida when Bush was president. Bush was governor. Oh, Santora. Is he coming back? Oh, my gosh. Well, if only for Saturday night uh, comedy, uh, absolutely. I hope he comes back. Uh, but, yeah, you got um, – so Rubio will put his name in. Well, Rubio's got a, a citizenship problem, too. He does got a massive problem. I mean, he's also a flip-flopper on this issue. Um, I just think he's too young. I mean, I, I really think he – I like presidents. I think Obama was too young. I thought Clinton was too young. I like presidents to be elected – in their late 50s, early 70s. I want some life experience. I want you to have done something in your life. I, I know you don't uh, agree with this, uh-huh. but personally, I still think the president should have served in the armed forces. That I don't, I don't think, I don't see that as that, a, but, as uh, a, I mean, I, I don't see it as a necessary requirement, but I have a lot more respect for people that have done that. Um, although, David, that's a rarity these days. Um, in, fact, in fact, you know who my favorite candidate is right now as a Republican? Jim Webb. Jim Webb? The Democrat from, from Virginia. He was a oh, yeah, senator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, former military guy. He's a fiction writer. Yeah. Um, I really like that guy. Yeah. He's I, a middle-of-the-road guy. You know, probably maybe liberal. On, not very liberal on a lot of issues, but just a real solid guy. Um and I re- I remain hopeful that Hillary Clinton will not be the candidate. You know, I I I have said this for a while now. Mm-hmm. I don't think Hillary's going to make it. Well, I got to tell you, this and then whole the Democrats are in. What the hell do we do next? Yeah, no, you know they got Webb, they got O'Malley, they got several other guys that could do that. But here's the problem. Here's Warren. the issue. What Warren? Yeah, she's a little too liberal to win a national election. But, you know, David, it goes down to this. It's about politics. And the machines, you know, Obama's machine's in place. The DNC runs that machine. That machine just takes a name and they go with it. I mean, you can make anybody popular enough in, ten, in eight or ten months to win a national election. I could get you to be president of the United States if you wouldn't be so crazy on some of your issues. But, uh, <laughs> but Jeb, um, Jeb, I want to talk a bit about this because he is not afraid to go after people on immigration. Last night, David, I had a forum, an immigration forum out at an elementary school in Jackson, Georgia, which is, uh, not Jackson, Georgia, Jackson County, up in up near Athens. And um, I asked the people there, how many of you want to become U.S. citizens? Nobody raised their hands. How many of you would like a driver's license and a work card? They all raised their hands. Uh, because most of our clients who are undocumented, now that's only about a third of my clients. And most of my clients are we're doing visa work for and getting green cards for. Um, they didn't come here to become U.S. citizens. They didn't come here to spend the rest of their lives. Uh, they came here to get a job, send money back home, and improve their situation in their home country for themselves, not because they wanted to change America in any way. A lot of people. Now, you know, there are people that came that want to do that, to become a citizen, but not not everybody. And certainly, a lot of the undocumented didn't have that initial purpose. Now, their kids—that's the only country they know. They don't want to go back to Mexico or Honduras or El Salvador. They want to they want to stay here. Uh, but for the mom and dad, they just want that work permit and that driver's license. So Jeb backed off uh, in his book this path to citizenship. You know, we don't need a path to citizenship. We need a path to legality. 
but yesterday, or two days ago in New Hampshire, uh, he said, look, if, he was asked the question again, what, what do you support? He said, look, if Congress passes a law that gives a 15-year path to citizenship, I would sign that because it's the consensus. Congress wants that. Uh, it's exactly what happened in, in, in uh, 2011. Uh, uh, in 2012, they're, they're 13 when they passed the bill and said, "Yeah, path 15 year path to citizenship." Most of my clients, you you look at amnesty, David, the people that got amnesty, and the numbers show only about 40 percent of them have become U.S. citizens. The rest just haven't. They either didn't learn the language, or didn't weren't interested, or didn't want to take the test, or didn't have the money, and they just stay permanent residents of the United States. Uh, so a path to legality, as 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 Bush is talking about. Is is absolutely key because, it, again, I I think he can't win a national election because Congress is not going to talk about this, and it is quite clear that Republicans in Congress have shelved immigration reform. It, they yes, they will have committee hearings about how bad things are, about this and about that, but Congress will not pass an immigration bill that involves some sort of legal. They will not do it. They might try to pass a bill that. Mandates e-verify, although that has zero chance of clearing the Senate. Uh, you will see maybe something pass the House that is very anti-immigrant. In fact, just the House the other day passed the most anti-immigrant bill in its history in a, in a committee. Uh, terrible, terrible, awful bill uh, that would exacerbate illegal immigration, not make it, not 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 cure the problem. Uh, and they did that because of the fundamentals of some of the primary voters. Uh, at the same time, you will not see a floor vote on that. And certainly the Senate is not. Even a Democrat and Republican is not going to vote on that because the Dems will filibuster their done thing. Uh, and certainly, even if they pass it, McCain, uh, McCain, uh, Obama would veto it, and that would, that would be the end of that. That would be the end of it. But, David, I would ask you to pick up a copy of Bush's book, Immigration Wars, uh, from 2013. It's a good book. It's a good book. Uh, co-written. Uh, with a colleague of his, a writer, really. Uh, but uh, generally speaking, he gets it right for the most part on how to move forward on this. Now, one thing that's really interesting about Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz, uh, uh, in recent memory, talking about the H-1B cap. Now, you know, we talked about the H-1B cap, the limited number of H-1Bs are going to be available. And next Tuesday, of course, is the 31st. And that's the day we mail out all of our H-1Bs that we're doing at our office to the Immigration Service for the H-1B lottery. Uh, these are all petitions for actual human beings by U.S. companies who feel that these individuals are the best quality people they want to hire for their company, and they're only going to get a third of the people they hire. A third. They're going to have over 200,000 or more H-1B applications is the estimates, and they're only going to pick 65,000. Of those, two hundred plus another twenty thousand for master's degree guys, and one out of three people has a chance of working in America. That's stupid. Now Ted Cruz, oddly enough, is called to raise the cap to three hundred and twenty-five thousand. Huh. I mean, it, he's an odd guy. He's an odd guy and wildly unpredictable on this issue, mostly because I don't think he understands it. But my friend that knows him is an immigration lawyer and knows him well in Texas, and surely he has talked to Ted about the whole immigration issue. Um, but as we move forward towards this whole nomination process, um, we, we're going to see some interesting stuff. For example, in a poll that came out, Wall Street Journal said, in a survey, 62% of Republican primary voters 
said they would be less favorable toward a candidate who supports a pathway decision for foreigners currently illegally in the United States, while as only 22% would be favorable. Now, the share of GOP voters who said they would be less favorable toward a candidate supporting citizenship exceeded the portion who indicated residence to a candidate favoring common core curriculum, raising taxes, or same-sex marriage. So it's where primary voters, and that's who these clowns are now going after, is primary voters. They have, that's why Walker moved to the right. He had to. Primary voters tell him, you have to move to the right. And Bush is basically saying, I will not kowtow to primary voters. So he may lose the primary to win the general. Interesting. You know, what you're saying is very interesting. And, and that bothers me. And this is basically on both sides mm-hmm. of the aisle. <clears throat> but primarily we're hearing more from the Republicans. And that is our politicians today go under the guise of what would you like for me to say? That, that, well, they absolutely, like you, if you don't think that's the case, then you're sadly mistaken. And I'm sick of it. I'm and sick I, of it I, as I well. Res- Which is why Bush. I respect Bush for doing yeah, that. Exactly. And Common Core, he's a Common Core guy. Which I don't you don't agree with, but he's he's not backing down. He's not backing down from Common Core. Uh, he's got his now. Interesting. Another poll from last year, also Republican primary voters, fifty six percent to thirty six percent said they would accept legal status that does not provide full citizenship. Okay, then why don't we have fifty percent percent? Why don't uh, primary voters? Then why don't we do this? This is crazy. Let's take a break here on the Immigration on America's Web Radio. Si usted ha casado con un ciudadano o tiene problemas con inmigración o tiene una oferta de trabajo, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Con más de 100 años de experiencia en la ley de inmigración, conocemos la ley y sabemos cómo ayudarle. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-8611, a las 404-816-8611, o visítenos al www.immigration.net. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200, or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back to the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Now, David, uh, as you uh, know, I'm the lawyer that is suing the state of Georgia over the in-state tuition, what we call tuition equity, for DACA recipients. These are kids who grew up here who Obama said is not going not to be deported and who I don't think anybody really wants to deport, but who the state of Georgia says you have to pay out-of-state tuition at our school, at our, at our colleges and universities, even though you grew up in the state, even though you pay taxes here. Uh, and our uh, we just lost at the Court of Appeals 
Uh, now, it's a very interesting decision because we did not lose on the merits of the case. Much like in the underlying suit and the underlying decision by the state, by the, the state judge, state court judge, uh, we lost on the issue of sovereign immunity. Now, the Supreme Court of Georgia last year in a case called Coastal Waterways ruled that if you are bringing that unless the, the Constitution or a specific statute authorizes you to sue the state, you cannot sue them even for a declaratory judgment injunctive relief case. Now, a declaratory judgment, David, is a request by a plaintiff to have this, the judge rule on what the law says. And then an injunction is to ask the court to put that new interpretation in place. Okay, And in coastal waterways, the Supreme Court of Georgia says, no, uh, you, you can't bring that lawsuit. It's, it's, it's barred by sovereign immunity. Uh, there is no statutory or constitutional ground for you to bring that lawsuit. Now, our lawsuit is simply a declaratory judgment action. We're not asking for injunctive relief. And there is no case that says... You can't go before a judge and ask the judge what an interpretation of the law is. Because that's all we need. We don't need them to enforce it. We need to say, here's what the, here's what the state court says. Because that would then give the Board of Regents the, uh, the backbone and the cover to say, well, we've got to do this. So we lost, and we're going to be appealing to the Supreme Court of Georgia. All right. And hopefully, we'll have oral argument on it this time. Now, this time, oddly enough, the Court of Appeals simply did not address the issue that we brought up. This is not a deck action slash injunctive relief. It's just a deck action. Now, do you have to, and all of this stuff is coming about, do you have standing to this? Right. So do you have to file this case for someone? Or yes, we have, a, we have two plaintiffs in this particular case. Okay. We have 39 okay. plaintiffs in this particular case, two key plaintiffs in this particular case, uh, in which we are moving forward. Now, oddly enough... Um, it looks like we're also going to bring another lawsuit in federal court on equal protection grounds because last Wednesday, the same day that we got our decision, uh, the Board of Regents voted to allow citizens of Alabama, Florida, and South Carolina to come to Georgia schools, certain Georgia schools, and pay in-state tuition. I'm sorry, but I have a hard time understanding that. Yeah, it seems like odd. And their rationale was, we're losing enrollment in these schools. We have declining enrollment. So we have to expand the base of students. And so we're going to invite people from adjoining states who have never paid taxes in Georgia, who have never possibly even been to Georgia, to pay in-state tuition. Now, recently, or I say recently, it's longer than... I like to admit at this point, but my son went to Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. They had a policy of giving all sorts of incentives right. because it looked good on their whatever. To bring the best they, of the best in. Yeah, right. and they, to bring people from other states in the, into mm-hmm. Texas and into their school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think because then he went into a military program, he also got in-state tuition. Yeah, and, and it, there are already in but the Georgia incentives. There and those exist already in Georgia law. They you can the different presidents of universities can exercise research to a certain level and give in state tuition. For example, uh, my son Phil went to Georgia State Law School, 
And part of the incentive for him to come here was they would offer him in-state tuition. Now, of course, he grew up in Georgia. I've been living here in Georgia. He just happened to go to school out of state. Uh, but he got in-state tuition. So there's the, the incentive program. This is entirely different from that. This is just Joe Average student. Okay, I will go to Valdosta State. I will go to uh, South Georgia State, whatever. I mean, there's a list of colleges they can go to. Now, that strikes me, David, as certainly bordering on violative of equal protection. You are treating somebody differently than me for no legitimate reason. That's discrimination. It's discrimination, I think. So, so wouldn't it be discrimination if I said Alabama, Florida, Tennessee, the bordering mm-hmm. states of Georgia? Mm-hmm. Well, wait a second. I'm in Oklahoma. Yeah. Why won't you give me Exactly answer? right. Now, so an Oklahoma person would come and sue, although I think that suit goes nowhere. But I think that this bodes well for us in the context of a litigation in federal court on equal protection grounds for these kids. I mean, it's stupid. Really. I mean, how stupid is it to deny in-state tuition to kids you have educated in your state? Uh, and we're losing our kids who don't want, can't afford to go to school here. Even, you know, I know kids that are taking one class a semester. They'll be in school for 15 years because they can't afford, you know, it's $1,000. Take a class. Um, you know, it, it's, it's crazy expensive. Now, in-state tuition itself has also risen dramatically in Georgia as well. It's gone up 67% in the last five years. Thank you, Governor Deal. The Hope Scholarship no longer covers tuition. You know that, right? It only covers 75% of tuition. No books, books at all. This whole idea that the lottery was going to save us all because it was so poorly managed by the state legislature cost us. Uh, but, David, that happened this week. So I met with some of the students by phone. Uh, all these are kids that I want to have a degree. These are kids I want to be successful because they have this amazing desire to push forward. They have this amazing desire to be successful in a country that they consider their own, but which the country rejects. Uh, and it is stunning to me that we would, as a state, say, no, we would rather cut off our nose and, than, to spite our face than give these kids in-state tuition. And, and, in these, and, and the problem, of course, David, is look at the kids coming up, the DACA the kids in high school, the kids in grade school that have been here four, five, six, eight, 10, 13, 16, 17 years, graduate from high school, they got great grades, they can go to any college in Georgia, and we say, I'm sorry, you can't go here. We don't want your kind. Uh, that's what that says. And yet, they'll promote and bring people in from, from out of state, countries. foreign countries, exactly. And then get them an education, then kick them out. Yeah, it, it, the whole thing makes no, no, no sense whatsoever. Um, so I thought I'd mention that, that that lawsuit is ongoing and we'll be appealing to the Supreme Court of Georgia. Hopefully we'll get an oral argument this time because I want to really bring home judges. Okay, justices, you have basically foreclosed the courts, at least according to the lower court's interpretation, of saying the judges can't even interpret a law. All we're asking for is an interpretation of the law. What does this mean? If you say they can't even do that, then heck, why have the courts at all? Why do you even exist if we can't adjudicate cases here that are you basically letting the state run roughshod over however they want to interpret the law? That that belies the check and balance in, inherent in the Georgia Constitution. You are here to interpret the law. I mean, you have jurisdiction innate. You don't need other jurisdiction to interpret the law. 
Uh, so uh, I'm gonna I'm really looking forward to the to the argument, looking forward to the appeal as we move forward here. And David, I want to switch lawsuits now from our lawsuit here in Georgia to the federal lawsuit uh, in federal court uh, that is now at the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals simultaneously as it's with Judge Hannon in Texas. Now, Judge Hannon in Texas was greatly offended. I'm, I'm just a fool to have believed what you have told me when you said that the law Texans has not been enforced. Like oh, you didn't talk like that? No. Well, well how, how do people from Houston talk? Like I well, like how? Like an average American. Oh, no, no, no. no. You say that because you're from Texas. Yeah. David, they have an accent. We don't have an accent. Yes, you do. You guys in the South, you guys have an accent. I'm so- telling you. Southerners have an accent. Northern. <laughs> Are you telling me that Texas is not in the South? Texas could buy and sell the South. <laughs> <laughs> As said only by a true Texan. Uh, well, Judge Hannon in Texas... Brownsville, Texas. Perhaps we should speak in Spanish or, or Tex-Mex uh, or Spanglish or something. Um, he, uh, he was greatly offended uh, that the government ignored his orders and asked them to explain how 100,000 immigrants got extended work permits before the program was supposed to begin. And this is the great, this is the foolishness of Judge Hannon. This shows you he didn't even read the orders. He didn't read the policy memos that Obama read. They specifically said in the policy memos they would immediately begin on the 24th of November issuing three-year work permits to DACA recipients. And they did. And they issued 100. They didn't issue anybody else work permits. They didn't do expanded DACA. They didn't do DAPA. And now he wants to, you know, why shouldn't I fine you or hold you in contempt when you did not... Uh, immediately stop issuing three workers when I issued my order. Well, his order was so vague, uh, they couldn't even tell whether it applied to the whole country or Texas only. It's a terribly written order. Um, and he says, I asked and you said nothing was happening. Like an idiot, I believe that. Well, what question did you actually ask? Did you ask whether... This memo, are you actually implementing it in, in regards to the DACA and DAPA? And I said, yeah, of course, we're right. We haven't done that yet. We've, we haven't implemented it yet. We implemented another part of that memo, which was giving three-year work permits, but that was a separate issue not in this lawsuit, specifically by him not in this lawsuit. So why can't we implement that? Um, and then he says this, can I trust what the president says? I mean, really, this is, this is really what you're saying here? This man should be recused from this case. He is clearly biased. Clearly biased. Um, now, David, how many courts have found that the Obama administration acted properly in issuing these policy memos? I have no idea. One. How many courts have said that, uh, that uh, he has acted improperly? One. Two appeals going on right now. One at the D.C. Court of Appeals, one in the Third Circuit. I mean, in the Fourth Circuit. Fifth Circuit. Sorry, Fifth, circuit break. Yeah. Fifth Circuit. So uh, it'll be interesting to see, as Judge Hannon moves forward here, what he thinks he can do on sanctions against the Obama administration. Then he said this, well, of course, if I sanction you, the taxpayers are going to pay that. Yes, Your Honor. So I'm just, I'm just, I'm just fining myself. Yes, Your Honor. So he's not going to find him in contempt. But he was just, he's just playing... Playing the game against these guys, just playing these games. It's and it's um, 
really fascinating as we see the game take place. Because the Fifth Circuit, Obama administration went in and said, filed an emergency motion last uh, Tuesday to, um, on our show, in fact, we reported it live, they had done that. And they asked the Court of Appeals to consider it an emergency motion and to only give the state of Texas seven days to respond. Uh, the next day, the Court of Appeals said, no, no, we're not going to consider this emergency motion. We're going to give the state of Texas 10 days to respond. So they have until Friday to respond to the uh, motion to stay the judge's order. Uh, it's a well-written motion. It's a good motion. And we're going to go over that in the next few minutes. We'll be back here on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Soy Charles Cook, el jefe del grupo de abogados Cook Immigration Partners. Estoy en su lado. Con más de 20 años de experiencia con la ley de inmigración, conozco cómo ayudarle. Sé la ley y sé que alguna gente podemos ayudar. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-8611. A las 404-816-8611. O visítenos en el internet. www.immigration.net This is Dr. George. Join me Wednesday mornings at 9 o'clock for Medicine on Call. On Medicine on Call, we talk about more than medicine. It's about how to take control of your mind, body, and spirit. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back to the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Um, now, David, I, I don't know if you talked earlier about this um, the uh, administ that the Judiciary Committee in the House uh, released a uh, they, they they did a bill they voted on a bill to get it out a terrible bill but they issued a press release David this week uh, in uh, in the form of gifs David I need to take a look at this this is our, in the form of gifs this is from the House Judiciary Committee the United States Congress a series of gifs on immigration featuring all white people. In their gifs, including David, the Little Mermaid, herself an immigrant in a strange land. <laughs> uh, and uh, initially, and they've been mocked for this. You'll like the fact they have Britney Spears on there too. So you know, they, I know you're a big Britney Spears fan. Um, but really, kind of a, a joke that the uh, maybe the Judiciary Committee maybe they had enough not enough interns. Uh, doing their job this week, they couldn't. They couldn't figure out a better way uh, to get that done. But what I really liked about the um, the Obama motion uh, to uh, to stay this is they they addressed everything that I would have addressed except for one thing. Remember, David, last week we talked about that Supreme Court case that said that the administration does not have to. Um, uh, um, they don't have to. Published in the Federal Register changes in policy, 9-0 decision. Oddly enough, that was not in the government's motion. I'm curious whether they even knew about it um, before they filed it, and and why they haven't amended uh, their uh, motion for stay with that information. Um, the uh, but the stay the motion for stay itself, I thought was pretty good. Um, as it talked about this and went through the judge's issues, 
the I think the key part of this is for them is that this is an enforcement process. The DAPA and DACA are part of an enforcement process. They're not they don't create any rights, they don't create any status where the judge was legally wrong. They literally did this as part of their policy for enforcement of removal. And I will tell you that the Obama administration has been very aggressive in the last few weeks, really going after They have a thing called Operation Crosscheck, in which they are literally deporting people with ancient DUIs. Ancient DUIs. Yeah, I, I saw this. Yeah, there was a pastor who had a 17-year-old DUI, a pastor of a congregation with four U.S. citizen kids, U.S. citizen eligible for DAPA. They just deported him. And you think, why are you doing this? Why? I mean, is it to appear tough? Is it to appear, you know, manly? What the hell are you doing? Um, it doesn't make any sense. So the uh, the this memo, uh, this motion talks about the series of guidance memoranda to focus DH enforce, DHS enforcement efforts. Part of that memo is prioritizing the removal of aliens, and then part of that memo is the deferred action guidance in how we're going to defer removal for people temporarily while we decide how we can deport them. Um, and uh, oddly enough, uh, as, a, as, a, as the government talks about the background of the plaintiff's lawsuit, where they claimed it violated the take care clause of the Constitution, which the judge did not rule on, it violated the ABA's notice and comment period, which he did rule on, uh, and, it not- and it violated the APA's substantive requirements, which he he said they did not, but certainly the notice and comment. And with respect to this, uh, the, 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 the government, through the Civil Rights Division, talks in their motion about the fact that the court found that incurring costs in issuing driver's licenses uh, possibly would have a, co- a costly consequence to the states. Um, and the court relied on the Arizona Dream Collection versus Brewer, which held that the Arizona violated the Equal Protection Clause to deny a driver's license. This record suggested the government would treat any state effort to violate the government's rights of driver's licenses as compelled to provide driver's licenses. Now, now the government, the government administration says, well, we're not sure we would do that or not, but they didn't rule on these claims. Um, so the court, finally the Obama administration gets to the real issue here. There is no standing. The theory that uh, the district courts... Uh, can establish an abdication theory with a take care clause uh, the district court ruled is novel uh, it's also baseless because it confuses the merits of the APA claim with the threshold of standing uh, on the issue of the driver's licenses I was I, another thing I would have put in here that to find that Texas had standing because they were going to lose millions of dollars issuing driver's licenses undocumented I put that question to the vote of my audiences in the last week was this. I said, how many of you would pay $175 for a driver's license? Every hand goes up. So just charge the actual cost of the driver's license. Then you have no, I mean, it it doesn't make any sense that they're standing on this issue when Texas is basically voluntarily deciding to be harmed. I think that standing issue just goes, goes away immediately. I just don't get it. Uh, why they would do that. Um, now, next, as the, 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 as the Obama administration talks in more detail about, okay, let's assume you find standing, okay, which we think is just crap. Uh, the reality is 
uh, we're going to win on this appeal. The states lack an APA cause of action because the agency's decision not to undertake enforcement action is a discretionary judgment regarding resource allocation that's not amenable to oversight. And there's a, a series of Supreme Court cases ignored by the judge on this issue. Now, people have asked, well, what's the court going to do? I, I really remain convinced that the Court of Appeals will will take away this stay. Say, okay, you want to keep litigating this case in front of Judge Hannon right away, but we're not going to stay the enforcement. And, of course, we know once once the... Once the process starts, undoing it is going to be impossible. We know that, and really unnecessary. Now, I think that if the court removes the stay, which I believe they will do, which I believe they will do by the end of April, uh, probably, that uh, certainly before the, the the anticipated start date of the program in May, uh, that uh, the states will then appeal that decision to the Supreme Court. And I don't see the Supreme Court taking jurisdiction in this case. The law is clear here. They, the Supreme Court's only going to take jurisdiction in cases in which the law is clear, uh, and uh, in which the law is not clear. And here, the law is crystal clear on this stuff. Uh, now, oddly enough, at the very end of their motion, they said, well, the court should restrict the operation of this to, to the plaintiff states and to Texas. Because there are at least 14 states and the District of Columbia that said, that have put advocates, and we want this to go into effect. We need this. It, it is harming us economically for it not to go into effect, which is the real truth, because uh, we know the economic benefits. It's estimated that there will be a net, net economic benefit just from DACA of $2 billion this year. A net growth of $2 billion in the economy if you know, to, to tax base, to tax base of these states, if they implement it. I mean, it, David... There is the only reason – well, let me ask you this just before I spat off. What is the only reason they're actually doing this from your perspective sitting here today? Knowing what you know about the law, which I've taught you, <laughs> which you've read, that the law is not on their side, why are they doing it? Politically, just to um – Politics. Yeah, the, the, the Obama's the king, and Obama does all this stuff, and he's a horrible human being, and we need to stop the dictator from from throwing overthrowing America and bringing back socialism or whatever, something like that. That's clearly now. Now, 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 take yourself away from your own position, and now you're a Latino sitting there, a Latino U.S. citizen, whose mom and dad are undocumented. Now, how do you see this? Politics. <laughs> oh, plus what? Plus. Um the potential of deportation. Right. Okay. Plus, possibly a tinge of racism. Sure. A tinge. Uh, so that's that's the problem with this lawsuit. Who's it playing to? The Republican primary, okay, taking us full circle to the beginning of the hour, going back to the Republican primary voter. This is a p- purely a political lawsuit that has no legal basis. And when it's all returned and tossed out, on its ear by the Court of Appeals, and Judge Hannon is appropriately reprimanded for really being, should have recused himself from this case because he is so invested in it and is such a bias towards Obama. I'm, I'm surprised that there haven't been complaints filed. Somebody called me last week, David, out of the blue, somebody, a reporter from Texas, and said, I want to get your input on Judge Hannon. I said, well, you know, be careful what I say here about Judge Hannon. He says, uh, I said, uh, why are you doing this? He said, well... Judge Hannon threw me out of his courtroom a couple of years ago as a reporter. I said, really? Why did he throw you out of the courtroom? 
so some things I'd written about him. Uh, and uh, he went on to, to, to express real, de- I would say, real dissatisfaction with, with the judge and about his judicial temperament and his ability to be an effective judge. Now, here's what's interesting, David. I just found this out. Judge Hannon is scheduled to move to Houston hmm. shortly. Uh, as soon as the Senate uh, confirms a new judge for Brownsville. Hmm. Now, here's the curiosity. The judge is ready to be confirmed. He's an Obama appointee. Hmm. Okay? So if you, repl- if you replace, Judge Hannah moves to Houston, this case goes to the new judge. Who would be an Obama appointee? What happens to the lawsuit? Mm-hmm. Gone. It's gone. Exactly right. So, you know, it's, it's really fascinating. So why is the Senate holding up on confirming the guy? <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's, it's always, you know, it's about money or it's about politics. It's about money or it's about politics. Did you see the headline in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution yesterday? I should get Jeremy Redman on this show. I don't take it. I don't usually read it either, and I didn't read it except it was, on, it was in this, the newspaper stand that I was walking by. ICE has released 13 people since November. That, that was the headline. 13 whole people or just parts of people? <laughs> 2,000 people nationwide, 13 in Georgia. Okay. That number seems low to me. That number seems very low to me. I probably had ten people released since then. Um, and some of them are some of them are rapists and child abusers. Well, not in Georgia. Georgia, they were just guys with DUIs or domestic violence convictions who had other relief available. You know, that's this thing about headlines. These reporters that do headlines. I need to castigate Jeremy for this because the reality is there was nothing de- nothing big about that. You can't deport everybody. You shouldn't deport everybody. And some people do have relief under the law, and they shouldn't be sitting in jail sucking up our taxpayer dollars while they're, while they're fighting their case. So I'm going to leave it at that, Dave, before I, before I go more off the deep end and uh, say things that I shouldn't be saying here on the radio in case I do run against Tom Price. You know, I'm sure you have to delete all these archives. Is that okay, Dave? Is that an agreement? Once I announce, you delete all the archives. Is that how it goes? <laughs> so that's it for this week on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. We'll be back next week. If you have any questions on immigration, you want to comment on the show, you want to be on the show, I'll be happy to have you as a guest. Um, David and I love having guests on the show. Uh, you can reach out to me at uh, chuck at immigration.net. Uh, or David, you can reach David at uh, david at americaswebradio.com. Uh, or visit us at immigration.net. Until next week, have a wonderful week, David. Plant the garden. You got it. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.